May let us rejoice and be glad in it on this uh, Sunday in March as we continue on celebrating and Lent and look forward to the resurrection and celebration on Easter of our Lord and Savior, defeating death and defeating the grave and dying for in our place. We look forward to worship and celebrate him on today. We walk and join in and to worship him, to worship him just as you are, a little something like this. We want to tell you. Go ahead and greet somebody. Thank you. 
We love you more than anything. Amen. More than anything else in the world. Amen. Amen. This morning, the scripture reading will come from the Gospel according to John, chapter 11. The Gospel according to John, chapter 11. We're going to go down to the 35th verse. Gospel according to John, chapter 11. We're going to begin at verse 35. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. Amen. Well, somebody, just, just tell your neighbor that God is good. All the time, God is good. Amen, amen. Let's, let's loosen up this morning here. We come in the house to, to, to worship God. Amen. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and it reads, Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, See how much he loved him. But some said, This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside 
Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bowed in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Amen, church. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we invite you into this place. Heavenly Father, for we've come into this house one more time to worship your holy name, Lord. Lord, we just come thanking you, Heavenly Father. Father, you said in your word, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Lord, we come in to praise you, Heavenly Father, in truth and in spirit, Heavenly Father. Father, right now, just help us, Lord, to forget about whatever's going on in our daily lives, Heavenly Father, and just concentrate and focus on you, Lord. Let us be grateful and thankful, Lord, for this opportunity that you have provided for us, Heavenly Father. Father, please bless every song that will be sung and every prayer that will be prayed. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going out all across the land, Heavenly Father. Bless the lives of saved and souls of change from the gospel, Lord. Lord, we just come to honor you and praise you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen, church. Thank <laughs> you. 
Redeemer, the Lord, say so. Amen. Amen. We've been redeemed, washed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah. It is good to know that our God is mighty to save. Amen. Amen. Let us turn to our God. Lord, we just thank you that you are awesome, that you are wonderful, 
You are magnificent. That there's nothing too hard for you, O God. We thank you, Lord, as you have expressed to us how much you love us by sending your Son, our Lord and our Savior, to die on the cross for us. And Lord, we are want to hear about this Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we hear your word, O oh God, through this vessel, preacher proclaiming your word, O oh God, and that your word will be hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, and that we might see Jesus, O oh Lord, him, crucified and resurrected, reigning on the right side in majesty and in glory. Father, move in this place, in this space right now. Have thine own way, that we walk away better than we came in, that we walked away encouraged and uplifted and inspired. Continue to walk in your life, being your devoted disciples. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we look at our text today, uh, we're coming from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John, and we're time of Lent. And as we continue to march with Jesus on his way over into glory, we're looking at his compassion he has for us. When we look at John 11 chapter, I'm just going to lift up that verse. Many of us may know that verse, uh, the shortest verse in the Bible, so it's an easy verse for you to get memorized. John 11, verse 35, says, Jesus wept. And what I want to talk about about Jesus wept is that it shows his compassion. And I want to talk about today the compassion of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, Jesus wept. Now, if you think about it, when was the last time you wept? What moved you to tears? There's some people that don't cry, and so they have not been moved to tears. They don't know what that feels like. But then some are taught that it's not good to cry, so they try to not to cry. But what I want to highlight here, if it's good for Jesus, If it's good for the Son of God, if it's good for the creator of all things, I believe it's good for us. But my question is, what has moved you to compassion? That you were moved in such a way that tears came down your face. I I, I can tell you that the deeper your connection is, the more explicit is the emotion expressed. And then also your convictions will impact how much you care. Tell your your neighbor, belief matters. When we look at how what we believe about a subject or an object will impact how much we care. You value a penny as much as a $100 bill? Probably not. You drop that penny, you'll keep on walking. But you drop that 100 you might be running in the wind. Trying to catch up with that bill. What we believe about the object will definitely impact how we will react. When we lose something that we don't believe has much value, we don't put much value in it. But now, can I highlight that how much God values you? He believes that you are precious in his sight. That you are special enough that he will clothe himself in flesh. To take on a criminal's death so that you might have life. I'm going to talk to somebody. Think about what you have, what you possess, that you might cry if something happened to you. 
I, I can think about toys I had as a kid. And if a friend or a neighbor broke one of my toys, my mom would have to come and get her son because he would have tears of anger. <laughs> and his tears of anger would move him to do something to some other kid. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me? That broke my toy. And my mom knew, depending on the connection of the toy, how she had to intervene <laughs> on the interaction. I remember coming home one day, a kid broke one of my toys. She met me at the door to let me know, so-and-so broke your toy. And then she held me. And now in holding me, I thought she was holding me back because <laughs> I said, let me at her. But yet she understood I was broken and hurt from the pain of the toy that I love to play with has been broken. And she just hugged me. And that warm embrace helped me to slow my breathing down and calm down and walk home to my room. But what it was, because my mother had compassion for me, as I had some sense of affection and connection to an inanimate object, my mom showed me that I value you more than I value that toy. I, I can replace that toy, but I want you to know that I'm here for you in this moment of this pain that you're dealing with and helping you to overcome what you're dealing with. I'm talking to somebody. Today. To think about being the object of God's compassion. That I, I want you to imagine what are you going through right now in your life? And you might be in need of a hug from God. Well, can I help you out how you can get a hug from God? Simply, I got you just go and say, here I am. <laughs> just surrender unto God. Y'all don't hear me? How can a child get picked up? They first got to be available to get picked up. Y'all still, still haven't caught on to it. This is a participation service. Y'all with me? Y'all want a hug from God? All you got to do is just go, oh, there's somebody with me. Amen. 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 Get that hug from God. When we can surrender unto God, say, Lord, here I am. When we can let go of what we're holding on to and be vulnerable for God to move in our life. Now, here's the thing. God moves at his own time. And so knowing that God will move in his own time, knowing that you are precious in his sight, that you are the object of his compassion, brings us to our text today. Looking at John 11, chapter, verses 35 to 46. Again, just want to reiterate uh, verse 35. Where it says, Jesus wept. New Living Translation helps us out a little bit this way. It translated this way. It says that when, verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And then verse 35, then Jesus wept. Well, I want to highlight in verse 35, the living translation, it says, then Jesus wept. But many of us, if you look at King James version, other it just simply says, Jesus wept. But yet the New Living Translation is helping us to understand the connection of why did Jesus weep? Why would he, we moved with such illicit expression of emotion that they can see tears coming down his face? 
One observation can mean that it suggests to us in verse 33 that he was angry. And what what he might be angry over. Could it be that he was dealing with those he cared about, had doubt or misbelief or misunderstanding who he is? Has anybody dealt with frustration when someone did not know or understand and you were like, I already told you what's going on or I told you who I am, but they keep on asking the same old questions over and over again. And he might have been frustrated that here I am, that I have raised from the dead, I've healed the blind, but now you're full of doubt and mourning and waiting, trying to tell me what can't be done. Now, we didn't read it, but if you look at it, that they basically said to him, Master, if you would have been here, watch out. Somebody tell you what you should have done and where you should have been, where you got there, where you wanted to get there. Y'all, y'all hear me? If you would have been here, like I asked you, I, I sent the message out, I told you what was going on, and, and yet now you're here. Y'all, y'all looking at me, some of y'all that need the reference point. Look at verse 20. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. And when Mary saw him, she was basically saying that, you know, Martha, when Martha saw him, she said, look here, if you would have been. Think about what it means. To tell God where he ought to be. Think about that for a moment. He shows up. And she mad. Because he did not come. A little bit early. Am I talking to somebody? Look, look, look at it again. It says that verse 21. Says, Martha said to Jesus. Lord if only you had been here. My brother would not have died. She's showing to him that I, I know that you were able to do something, but now it's too late. I, I'm looking into this. He pointed out to him that there was a time stamp, and you are a, a day late and a dollar short. Imagine saying that to God. God, you're a day late and a dollar short. There's nothing that can be done about it now. What, what did God tell Abraham and say? Is there anything too hard for God? And here's the other thing that she is not aware of that he already knew. He told his disciples, say, hey, he gone. <laughs> but we're going to go anyway. God knows his plan and his purpose. But yet she is upset. He did not show up when we, he, she wanted him to show up. But then not only was she upset, his sister was upset too. She came out then after they, they, take, they tagged him. One came in, one came back out. And she's like, why are you here now? He dead. He dead now. And here's the thing that look at the correspondences he dealt with this down. Those who have red letter Bible, you can see the words and how he responds back to them, right? Uh, see, Mar- Martha tells him one thing, and Jesus responds back, verse 23, your brother will rise again. Martha, not fully understanding, says he will rise everyone else at the last day. Pointing out again, she did not understand. She put limits on God, saying, well, I'm going from my limited understanding of what you can do and what will happen based on my experience. And then he he, he let her know, Mark, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? 
And look how she responds. Yes, Lord, she's told about, I've always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come in the world to come. Then she returned to Mary, and Mary now comes out. Verse 30, Jesus has stayed outside the village of the place where Martha met him when people who were in the house consoling Mary saw her leave. So hastily they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Notice they said the same thing. Have the same sentiments. They are weeping. They are mourning the loss of their brother. They sent the message to Jesus. He did not show up on the first day or the second day after the message or the third day, but on the fourth day he makes it there and they're letting him know it's too late. What they are also missing is that his compassion brought him there. Do you understand that it was not safe for Jesus to be there? They were looking to kill Jesus. When he relayed the message to his disciples, after he got the message that Lazarus was sick and he let him know he was sick unto death, he, they, they were warning him, don't go back. You know what they were trying to do to you there? Jesus said, no, I, I got to go back because I'm on assignment. And that's what Thomas says. Well, basically, Thomas be saying the ride and die guy. He says, well, we're we going to roll with him. We're going to roll with him. He get, if they, they take him out, they're going to take us out with him. But we're going to go with him. Right? So Thomas sounds like that boy. Like, yeah, I got your back. We're going to roll. We're going we're gonna to ride or die. We're going to go out. We're going to see them through. And so they were warned not to go. But Jesus let them know on the part of jelly that I got to go to see them. And also he let them know what they were about to experience. That this sickness was not unto death. He was just sleeping. But they didn't understand what he was saying that. So he said, like, he dead, y'all. But yeah, he didn't give them the full story because they had to see that for themselves. But when we doubt and we don't believe in God, how that can hinder us from seeing God for who he really is. When we know the truth, when we know what he can do, when we can move because of what God can do, and how we ought to tell somebody else what God can do, then we won't be ashamed. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed, of God, I'm sorry, I'm not a saint of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes to the Jew first and also the Gentile. When we are not ashamed of this gospel, we will proclaim it and tell it everybody what God can do. We will fight against the doubt, fight against the detractors, fight against those who do not believe what we believe and let them know that he is able to do all things. And then on top of that, we know by placing our faith in him, we get peace. Isaiah 26.3 says he will keep you in perfect peace. Those that keep their mind, stay on him. Tell your neighbor, put your faith in Jesus. When we put our faith in him, that's going to help us to push out the doubt, remove the doubt, and that we will stand on Christ the solid rock. Recognizing that we will have a, a, a solid foundation able to withstand anything that comes against us. We want to see maybe possibly that Jesus might have been angry because he's dealing with doubt and unbelief. Those who are lacking in faith. But then secondly, he might be angry because he is again dealing with death. 
Think about how much God loves us. This Bible is God's love letter to us. That's tell us about how he loves us. Uh, if you had a commentary, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, a commentary, or if you have a look up the word love in the back and find all the things that have subject matters on love, you're going to find there's a whole lot. How much he loves us. God's unfailing love. Great is thy mercy. We see how much he loves us. And think about that God is love. He defines love. And since he defines love, he's expressed to what love is. That's why John 3.16 is translated in the mortal language and all over the world. Everybody knows John 3.16. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in our parents but have. Well, we know how great his love is towards us, that he wants us to be with him forever and ever. And therefore, in order for that to happen, Jesus has to defeat death. So he might be angry that death has impacted his friend. Notice the note that came to him. It says, it was your friend, your beloved friend, Lazarus. Let us know that Jesus has a special relationship with Mary, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Uh, this family has a great, and oftentimes it says that the text suggests to us that he would spend time there when he was ministering, that they made room for him. The Bible tells us how God loves us and how he cares for us, how Jesus' love moves him to die for us, to defeat death. Jesus goes on as, as prior to this in John 10 and 10, tells us that he is the good shepherd, and he tells us in contrast to the thief, the thief steals, kills, and destroys. But he says, but my purpose is that you will have life and life more abundantly. Another thing about why he might be angry at death, because death separates us from God. Jesus came to unite us with him so that we might know the power of resurrection and eternal life. Death is to be separated from God. To be separated from God is not to be in his presence. And to not to be in his presence would not to be able to experience joy. Peace, love, to understand what it means to have eternal life and no more pain and no more suffering. There's no more dying in his presence. But the absence of God is hell. Where there is pain, there is suffering. Jesus pointed out this way, where the worm will never die. Where there be decay and sulfur and fire and burn and brimstone. And that will be eternal suffering and pain out of the presence of God. But to know him is to be in his presence. And to know him is to stand and be able to see him face to face. And to know the joy of being in his comfort. Jesus told his disciples why he was coming back that his friend has fallen asleep. And he says, I will go and wake him up in verse 11. He let them know, I, my friend has fallen asleep. I'm going to go to wake him up. But they didn't understand. They said, oh, okay. Well, he all right. Let him rest. And he said, no, nah, he did, y'all. He did. But I'm going to wake him up. Anybody glad and God can wake us up? He's dealing with doubt. He's dealing with misbelief. He's dealing with misunderstanding. And he's also dealing with death. It could be a reason why he was angry. But also look why he was moved with emotion because he loved Lazarus. That's what they say. Look how much he loved him. Y'all see that there? Look how much he loved him because he cried. That's, and here's another thing, dude, how we measure some people, right? We oftentimes misjudge people based on their tears. Everybody don't have to cry. 
Some people mourn, some people grieve, some by people rejoice and get angry different ways. Yet they were able to see they were weeping. But here's the other thing, too, that if you don't know it, in the ancient Near Eastern time, they would pay people to weep away. Because it was an expression of mourning and grief. So they would pay people to have professional cries. And come on up. That's why Jesus kicks on them out. He said, when he went to the daughter, they were weeping with him. Get them out. Get them out. Get them. They went from weeping to laughing. Right? How are you going to be laughing? Come on, somebody. My baby dead. Y'all was all started laughing when Jesus, Jesus shows up. Right? So he said, get them out. He only took in those who could understand and believe what's going to happen. So he, now he's coming in here. Maybe there might have been some people who really weren't in it. And they're looking at it like maybe, uh, you know, why he show up now. It's too late. But here it is that he's angry. Notice what he says. He says, show me where they laid him. The doubt of the two sisters. The crowd that was there. The lack of understanding. The lack of belief. Martha and Mary questioning if he would have showed up earlier. That they didn't believe that God was able to do what God can do. But one encourages there's some times in our lives that we limit God. We, we put shackles on God. We put God in a box. And when we put him in the box, what we do, we forget about the box. We put him in the box and we forget him. He's in the box. And then we start doing all things by ourselves. Then we start looking for stuff. Find out I, I misplaced something. Where is it? And you found out I put God in the box. And when you put God in the box and you, and you realize that he was never in that box, but you thought you put him in the box, but you can't contain God. But what it was that you stopped looking for him. You stopped serving him, and then you got lost. But when we understand that when we can remove the limits on our brain and our minds and start expanding, realizing with our God, he can do all things. There's nothing too hard for God. Then we can understand that though he can speak, he can do, and he can transform, and he can renew, he can revive, he can refresh. And help us to deal with whatever issue we're dealing with in our life. Sin wants to cause separation. Sin wants to defeat us. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. This season we're in a blender. We're getting ready to celebrate on Palm Sunday. Then resurrects on Sunday. Where is Christ? He's on his way to Calvary. On his way to Calvary, Lazarus now seems as, as, as a precursor of what's about to happen. He's giving them a taste of the main event. This is like the, the pre-show of the main attraction. When Jesus was talking about how he was going to be, give them the sign of Jonah, be, be buried for three days and rise again. But here's the thing that we find out that Lazarus, it's been buried. They said it's been four days. Said it's been four days. But look what happened. He said, where have you laid him? I want you to highlight that. Uh, Mary and Martha asked the same question when they went looking for Jesus. See the relationship here. Where have you laid him? They, they, they want to know, where has my master gone? Here it is. Jesus says, where have you laid him? But in that, and then later they take him there. In his anger, we find he wept. They questioned him. Y'all look closely with me. They questioned him in verse 37. See how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? 
The answer to that question is yes and yes. He could have kept Lazarus from dying, but Lazarus died for a purpose. He had to remove their obstacles. He had to remove their blindness. He had to remove their doubt and assure them what he's able to do. Notice how physically he's helping them out, how he's about to expose everything they don't understand. He says, roll the stone aside. Now he's getting personal because Martha getting upset. Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responds to her in verse 40, y'all with me there, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if what? You believe. Remove the doubt. Remove the limits. Don't put shackles and bounds and, and boundaries on God, but God knows no limits because he can do all things. And so when they rolled the stone aside, verse 41, then Jesus looked up to the heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Oh, that's good news. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. So that they will believe you sent me. Notice again, we are the object of his compassion. Jesus wants us to know that God the Father is in control. So he says, Father, I'm doing this publicly. I'm doing this out loud for all to see that you are God the Father. I am the Son and you hear my cry. Oh, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. After Jesus prayed. After Jesus expressed to them that I'm not doing to show you who I am, but I'm showing you who he is. Notice that Jesus says that if you watch what I'm about to do, you will see whose glory? God's glory. How we ought to show our love back to God by being available so that he can use us for his glory. Going back again, getting her, how I got to surrender. And said, Lord, not my will be done, but thine will be done. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. This is expressing right here to us that he went to the tomb where he was buried. They're weeping in their well and they're wondering what he's going to do because they've already limited him. Because he says that if he was here beforehand, he was able to save him. So basically saying, what you, are you going to do now? What, we are about, what they're about to experience and what they're about to witness is something that has not been done before. So therefore, they're in disbelief because it hasn't been done before. I, I've seen you come at the moment they said, but it was on the same day. Not the second day. Not the third day. Not the Fourth day, we got him buried and funeralized, and we in the house, weeping away, and we we only left the gravesite, and now you going back. That that's like going to somebody and bring, digging up their casket and saying, "Can you bring them back to life?" All of us be like, "I ain't going back. I don't believe you gonna bring them back. It's too late now. We 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 did all praying and crying in the hospital room, uh, in the bedroom, where with our loved one was. We did all our crying and praying right there, but now we done funeralized and we done ate our meal. We done went home. Now you want us to go back? For you open it up? For what? But here it is. If it was Jesus, 
that came to our house and said, let me take you out. I'd be like, all right, Jesus, let's go. What are we about to do? But that's only because I've seen it before. But there was no last one. I'd be like, I ain't going. Y'all don't hear me? I'd be like, I ain't going for what? It's too late now. I would have been in the same boat. But since I know about Lazarus, I've been exposed to be awake and realize that, oh, it is possible for him to give life to what is dead. But I think that has been expired. I think that what has been broken. I think that what cannot be replaced. And my God can repair. That means that whatever you're going through, that is not beyond fixing. It's not beyond restoration. It's not beyond anything that God can reach. I know you've done all you can. You prayed your prayers. You made your phone calls. You wrote your letters. You sent out your messages. And it seems like nobody is listening. But have you called on Jesus? Notice Jesus got the message and he showed up on his time. Not the time that they wanted. They made it clear that you would have been here early. But now it's too late. But now they're seeing the movement of God because what God begins, he will finish. What God starts, he will complete. And he's already had an emotion that what I'm about to do, he's asleep, but I'm going to wake him up again. And so he says, you got to remove what's blocking you from hearing me and seeing me. Remove that stone. I don't know what's the, what that stone is in your life, but I'm telling you, you need to remove it. You need to let it go so that you'll be ready to move. Once God speaks, because when God said, Lazarus, come out, they removed the bow that was gone. And so now Lazarus is coming up. But notice how Lazarus is coming out. And the dead man came out his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go was pointing out here that once God will resurrect us and make us free, we'll no longer be bound to sin and, and we're no longer a grave in the grave, but now we have new life in him. But here's how awesome what happened here that they've never seen it before. This is when the Pharisees get the idea that, y'all, y'all got to get him now. This man is doing things we have not seen before. Look how the people go after him. Oh, and here's the other thing. They did not only want to kill Jesus. They wanted to kill Lazarus again. They wanted to kill Lazarus again because he is the object of the work of God. He's the witness. He's the personal testimony. And y'all remember Lazarus. They didn't want to believe the blind man that was born blind that now has sight. How much more are they going to be mad that he's going to make a dead man back alive? Oh, y'all need to get him. That's what they said. But Jesus, in response to what has happened, it says that he no longer publicly was out because he did not want to cause any more issues. But this is also leading up to him dying on the cross. When we look at how he was moving and speaking for our benefit and so that we might have life and life more Abundantly. Let me highlight again why John 11, Jesus wept. He, because he cares. He cares about what's going on in your life. When others may doubt and others may limit and others may not really be with you, but they're with you. But they're not really for you, but they're with you. 
Jesus cares because he cares for you. And he already knows what you're going through, but yet will you tell him? Will you come to him in prayer and realize that here's the other thing, too, to highlight. Jesus weeping shows that he's fully man and fully God. That he was a person with that had emotions. That he got angry as he got happy. That we see him weeping here because of the illicit expression of emotion happening here. And when he made this miraculous sign that he did not care about the high council, what they were going to do, because he knew what he was going to do. May I encourage you, don't get caught up with what people say they're going to do, but wait to see what God is going to do. Our God cannot fail. Our God does all things well. Whatever is hindering you and blocking you from seeing God for who he is, take this moment in time to say, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I confess. Lord, I repent and realize that it's not about me, but it's all about you. Whatever that you put limits on on God, take the limits off and say, Lord, I believe you could do all things. You could do exceedingly above and beyond whatever I can ask or think or even imagine. God, there's nothing too hard for you. I want to drive this home, just think about how we know things exist and how things work out and how we still don't understand. We know how the biology works, but yet just think about it. You got electricity in your body, but you don't see it, but it's there. Anybody been shocked before? Now, I'm not talking about being electrocuted by electricity. I mean, you just touched the car door and you all of a sudden got shocked because you got some friction moved up in your body. It came on out. Or you shook somebody's hand and they shocked you. Right? We got electricity in our body. Our God's amazing. That we got electric bolts pumping our heart. That we can smile and all of a sudden chemicals come from our brain that makes us feel good inside our body. So if you love Jesus, keep on saying his name. Because every time you say his name, your body's going to leave those endorphins. You're going to start feeling good because, oh, how I love Jesus. And, and that's why that, that song was said that there is a name. That I love to hear. <laughs> right? Because, and, and, and think about, when you sing that song, do you not smile? Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he what? First love me. When we think about how he loves us, we're the object of his compassion. That he will will, he will go through even on earth. He went through persecution. He went those after trying to kill him. So he could lift up his friend from life, knowing that was going to propel them to see how they could kill him. But again, remember last week, he died again. But Jesus rose and never died again. Because he defeated death. Being angry at death, he wants to defeat death. He came that we might have life and life more money. He comes that we will not perish, but repent and know him. And so him defeating death helps us now to realize that he is the life and the resurrection. Those who believe in him, though they die, yet they shall. He loves you that much that he wants you to live with him. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for showing us how you love us and how you care for us and you want what's best for us. Forgive us the times of God that we've limited you, we've 
allow our own insecurities, our own doubt, our own pain, limit what you can do in our lives. We thank you, God, that nothing can stop you, not our doubt. Not our misbelief, not our misunderstanding can stop you moving in our lives. So thank you, God, that you show up on time, that you show up at the right time. And, and Lord, it may not be what we want, but we thank you, God, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You are present help in the time of trouble. Lord, you are our shepherd, that we are not in need. And Father, I pray there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth. And believe in their heart that Christ is Lord. That they will accept him today and you will welcome them, Lord. We thank you for all calling them, Lord, shall be saved. Now, Lord, we pray that there might be someone looking for a church home where they could be discipled and be a part of a fellowship. But we pray that Zion is that place. You welcome them here. We, we welcome them into this fellowship and we celebrate how you add on to your church, almighty God. Now, Father, Lord, as we... Continue in this time of worship, but we just pray for you to move in our hearts and move in our minds and draw us closer to you, Almighty God, that we'll walk in obedience according to your will, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. May we stand and extend the hand of the disciples so there might be someone here that wants to join this fellowship. But today you said, Lord, I want to know you as my personal Lord and Savior. We want to welcome you here in this place. Somewhere here today. We welcome you here in this place. God loves you, all the kids. We're right where you are. Those who might be online, you can connect with us on zionbcfury.com and join us in that space. We welcome you right where you are. Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord. You've been so good. You've been so Praise God for the movement of this gospel. Amen. If you got a hand clap of praise, amen. Amen. As we continue to worship our God, we pray to give God his tithes and our offering. Let us pray. Mighty God, we just thank you. Are you blessed us and able to give back to you and all you already belongs to you? We thank you for blessing us and increasing our God. And also, yes, to bless those who have desired to give yet have not. We thank you, Lord, that you supply our every need. Now, Father, may what is given be used for the education, the building of your church, and the working of your gospel, and proclaiming the truth. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As you follow the instructions of the ushers, as it will lead you around, amen. Those who are online, you're welcome to give through our website, www.zionbcpure.com, or you can download the app uh, from our website or give on the website as well, or download the app and text to give. As well. Thank you so much. God bless you. May keep you until we meet again.